Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. And it's our pleasure to welcome Nancy Lopez to town. She'll be involved with the Ascension Charity Classic, Legends Classic. And Nancy, first of all, thanks for taking some time with us and welcome to St. Louis. Yeah, thanks, Randy. It's nice to be here. And we're really excited having you play. And we know Ozzy so well, and we know Craig Berube and Lee Trevino is going to be uh, with you playing in the Legends Classic. How much are you looking forward to that? Well, you know, it's always fun. I was saying we we never used to see each other. We were both on our our tours. He was on the PGA. I was on the LPGA. And now we get to see each other a lot, which is really a lot of fun. Um, I love Lee. I've known him for a long, long time. And it's just fun to be able to play an event like this. And, of course, we all want to play good and, and be able to show the people we can still hit it. Nancy, we learned a lot about you today at the luncheon, and one of the things that I wrote down was that you like to play happy. And Randy and I, we speak to a lot of athletes who need that anger to compete. They need that competitive fire. What is it about positivity and happiness that allows you to play the way that you do? Well, you know, when I'm when I'm playing and I'm competing, um, there's an internal fire that's always burning. Um, but you have to be, in golf especially, you have to be able to handle it because golf is not a perfect game. And you're going to miss a lot of shots, but it was all about attitude. And, and my dad always taught me that, that if I, if I played happy, which he meant, you know, if you miss a shot, you got to go up to the next one thinking I'm going to hit it great instead of bringing that bad emotion that you just had from the last shot to the next shot. And that's how you win golf tournaments because you have to forget whatever happened on the last hole. And we always said, you know, history is gone. You got to go forward and you got to keep playing well. And and I think I was always able to do that because my dad taught me that. So if I didn't hit a good shot, I'd walk up to the next one, try and make my best swing and think positive. And I think there's a lot of times when you do that, your mind takes your body over in a positive way. You make that good swing. And that's what I think helped me win so much. And Nancy, it's such a mental game and that's a hard thing to do. I'll bet that's one of the reasons that you won as much as you did. Well, you know, it was funny because when I was playing, um, and I was in the final group, and there were some really tough competitors I was playing against. If they got angry at all, I could see it. And I kind of felt like when they did that, I was like, okay, I, I think they're done. I'm going to be able to beat them because <laughs> I just lost it. You know, and you can't do that. Believe me, I'm 60 and I do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always tell people, I said, you know, golf is not perfect. And if you miss a shot, you're going to miss a lot of them because that's just how golf is. But you just can't keep having that pity party with yourself that you're not going to get better, and you got to think positive. You mentioned your father, and uh, one interesting thing that I learned about you today is that your dad was a golfer himself, but that he only gave you one golf lesson or piece of advice as you were growing up, and that's really rare for any parent, let alone a parent who had played that sport at a high level. How do you think your dad, only giving you one piece of, of advice, allowed you to be the golfer that you needed to be? 
Well, he didn't, I don't think he filled my mind with a bunch of stuff that, that usually, especially at that age. I mean, I was seven years old, and he just wanted me to come out and enjoy it. And, and when he told me, you know, Nancy, just try it, just swing the club and make connection, um, it made sense. You know, so every time I'd swing at it, I was just trying to make sure I could get that club face back to the ball. And once I started doing it, it was all natural. Just whatever I had in my, my swing at that young age was all natural. But it was all about just making contact with that ball. And, and I mean, I had the best time with my dad playing with him. And I think as he watched me develop, I myself decided to change a few things every once in a while because it didn't, I, and as I watched somebody that was maybe better than me, I would pick up a few little tips by watching them. I think I just kind of, my swing kind of grew with me and what I wanted to do. Dad was always there. He always knew my swing, um, and he had a lot of good tips on his own, but he was just never the father that um, was, he never made me feel disappointed. See, a lot, a lot of parents have a tough time doing that. They, they, they just let, they don't let their kids fail. And you've got to let your kids fail. And my dad let me fail. He knew I was going to figure it out and what I needed to do. And the only thing he ever told me, if I didn't play well that way, that day, he would always say, let's just go practice a little bit more. It was never a, why did you do this? Or what was wrong with you in that hole? Or why did you miss that putt? He never questioned what I did because he always knew I was giving 100%. The great Nancy Lopez with us on 101 ESPN. And Nancy, I remember when you burst on the seat on the LPGA Tour. And I'm reading all this stuff. First woman to do this. First woman. First woman. You were very young. What was your appreciation level like at that age of all the things that you were doing? You know, I I just loved, um, you know, when you're young like that and you're, and you have a lot of attention, you're like, I kind of liked it. I thought, this is kind of fun. You know, people really kind of care that I'm playing good or if I'm not playing good, they were interested in that too. But um, I, as I grew up and started playing amateur golf and then um, played pretty good amateur golf, won the Women's State Amateur in New Mexico when I was 12, you know, then the press, there was a lot of interest. And I've never been shy, so I was like, I was enjoying it. And I, and I always enjoyed people. So when I would hit that good shot and the crowd would go berserk, I was like, I like this. This is fun. (laughs) It was fun waiting for that sound. It was fun hitting the good shot. And and then when my fan base grew, when I didn't hit a good shot, um, they were disappointed for me. They wanted me to always try and play well. And the support of my fans probably kept me going even more so. Um, Even at the end of my career, when I decided not to play as much, I always got a lot of fan mail asking me to come out and play. They didn't care how I played. They wanted me to just come out and play. And um, it was just fun um, to to have the friendship with my fans and the friendship even with the players. It was fun to be out there competing. And I always felt really blessed. You know, I always felt blessed that I could get out and play this game. And uh, and I mean, I know I made my, my mom, I lost my mom very young. Uh, she didn't get to see me win any golf tournaments. She passed away before I won my first. But it was fun to make my dad proud um, because he was always there walking on the sideline, come to any tournaments that he could. Um, and it was just fun to be able to play well for him. And then I kind of, I was second. I played well for myself. But I, was, I always felt good about making my dad proud. And he was just the cutest. I always tell the story because... He was so positive. I remember going to uh, the Women's U.S. Open, which when you got ready to play in the U.S. Open, you worked really hard because you had to have your best golf game. 
And I remember um, it was in Philadelphia, and I had worked really hard to play well. And I ended up, I think it was 12 over par after two days, knowing I was missing the cut, and walking off the green in tears. And I said, Dad, I'm just so sorry I didn't play better. And he gave me this great big hug, and he said, it's okay, honey. I didn't want to see you at 25 over par anyway. <laughs> Classic, classic. I went from crying to laughing because I thought, if it's okay with my dad, I'm great. How did he react the first time you showed up on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Yeah, he was just such a proud man, and he was, I knew he was really proud of me. And like I said, he was. You could just tell when when I did something good, his chest was big and fluffed up. I could tell, and he always had a big smile on his face, and uh, it was just really fun. He was just the best. Um, you know, I really, I lost him in 2002, and that's kind of when my, my career kind of slowed down. Mm-hmm. Wanted to go home and be with my girls, but um, but I think if he would have stay, stayed alive, I probably would have stayed a little bit longer out there on the tour, but it was kind of time to, time to back off, but um, it was just fun. And when he could travel with me, I remember um, making enough money. We flew out to, flew to Europe. Um, the Concorde had just started flying and I looked at him and I said dad I think I can afford to fly us back on the Concorde you want to fly <laughs> and he had this big look on his face he goes us on the Concorde <laughs> I said yeah so I flew I flew us both on the Concorde and it was it was so fun to give back to him because he sacrificed so much to to my amateur career and and really would would have sent me off to college it was during title nine and there was really no scholarships for girls and he wanted to pay for my school, and I said, no, Dad, you know, if there's not a scholarship for me, I'm not going to college. I'm just going to have to figure it out. Because he had spent a lot of money on my little career as an amateur and, and really didn't have the money. So I, I really wanted to pay him back any way that I could. What a wonderful story. I'm sure he's so proud of you. I, was, I, am, I can't even imagine the way that he beamed when he saw you succeeding the way that you are. But what is it about the Ascension Charity Classic that wanted to make you get involved with this event? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, wonderful people that I've known through the years, and they invited me to get involved. But, you know, in, for me, all my career with the LPGA Tour and the PGA Tour, you know, being able to raise money for charities is so important. Um, it's not all about us. It's about helping uh, someone in the community, few charities in the community, to be able to bring money and, and help them. And, and I think for most celebrities, they have to always realize they they are role models for so many people and they're the ones that can really raise money um, especially if they're nice <laughs> you know they need to be out there giving back because you know without the LPG tour I wouldn't be where I am I made I'm, I made in my day a lot of money um, and, they, and you know it's an opportunity that I might not have had in my life so to be able to, to have do something I love and it not really be a job it's really a fun fun thing for me to do and to be able to help other people, um, it means a lot to me. I mean, I have a charity that we're having our 41st uh, charity event this year. Um, and it was for, uh, it was aimed for the handicap now, AIM, AIM Inc., um, to help you know all these kids with special needs. And to be able to do that and raise the money that we've raised, it's, it's special and it's a good feeling. that you know, I always tell people, if they give back when they're so fortunate, you always lay your head on your pillow at night and just feel really proud that you're able to do that. A couple more things for Nancy Lopez. Number one, how do you feel right now about where the LPGA Tour is? We've had we had the rail. You've played in that a lot, right, yeah. uh, up in Springfield. And now uh, we, we did have the uh, Michelob, Light, or Michelob Ultra Classic a few years ago. But where is the LPGA Tour right now? 
Well, you know, Michael Juan was our, our uh, commissioner for, I think it was 11 or 12 years, and I think that he definitely helped our tour grow. Port, the purses got bigger. Of course, we've got players from all over the world, and all those sponsorships are growing too because they want to see their players winning. Um, so it's it's been good uh, for the last few years. I, I wish we could still catch up with the guys. Um, but we are definitely, our purses have definitely grown, and that, that's helped a lot. Now we have a new commissioner, Molly, and she, I think she's doing a great job. Um, and we just have to keep growing. Uh, we have great players. It'd be nice to see American, more American players winning, and, and that's nothing against any players from all over the world. And I always say, when I went to Korea, they didn't want Nancy Lopez to win. They wanted Zary Park to win. <laughs> so when I'm here in the United States, we want to see Americans winning. So we've got some great players. You know, the, the, the Corda sisters are great players, and Lexi's a great player. Um, Lizette Salas, people relate with her. And it'd just be nice for them to really, you know, rev up their games, and we like to see them win a little bit more. And finally, you mentioned during the uh, presentation today that you're a country club golfer, and you play some games, and you seemed kind of just... I, I won't say that it didn't bother you to lose, but I refuse to believe that Nancy Lopez is playing golf and it doesn't bother you when you're a shot down on the last hole. Oh, no, I don't lose. <laughs> no, no, if, I, if you, you know, if you uh, tell me, like, okay, you're one shot behind, I won't be for very long. I, I still compete. I love to compete. And uh, I want to win whenever I'm playing. <laughs> All great competitors, Nancy, that we've spoken to, not only remember the wins, but they the losses stick with them more than anything. Is there one shot that you think about that you'd like to go back and get back? Well, the, really, the, the U.S. Open at, at uh, Pumpkin Ridge was, um, I had worked out for two years with a trainer, and I was like, okay, whatever U.S. Open uh, appears at that time and whatever year it, it comes up, I want to play my best because I, I knew I was getting, I was running out of time to really dedicate myself to winning the U.S. Open. And I worked really hard and I felt like I, I had a chance to win there. I loved uh, Pumpkin Ridge and uh, played really well and I ended up losing to Allison Nicholas on that last day. And if I could have one shot back, it was a putt on 17 that it was about a 10-footer and um, I was one shot behind going into that hole. And if I would have made that putt I would have won that hole and then I would have gone into 18 tied with her instead of went into 18 one shot behind so that that was a devastating loss for me it was one of my seconds out of 49 and when I lost that it took me a long time to get over that emotional feeling of wow I had it right there and I didn't win it um, and that that was really the toughest loss I ever had and none of the other ones bothered me but that one did. We're excited about seeing you come into St. Louis and win in the Legends Classic at the Ascension Charity Classic in the fall. It's going to be great. I'm going to get ready. <laughs> this has been such a pleasure. Nancy, thanks so much. It's been great to meet you. Great to talk to you. And we really do appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face -face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had.
and in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.